just read verse 11 to start off with here, and then we're going to go ahead and pray. Uh, it says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, uh, I thank you so much for uh, this church, Lord. I thank you for everyone here. Um, I pray, Lord, that uh, you would help us all to find people in our lives that are good, uh, good followers of you, Lord, to imitate uh, and help us to avoid people that are not following you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So what Third John is all about, uh, it's, it's a letter written to a person, and John is encouraging this person uh, to look to good role models, essentially. And he, he gives two examples uh, of role models to follow, uh, or sorry, one to follow, one not to follow. Uh, and he, he's telling us that we need to avoid uh, people that are doing evil and not be like them. Uh, and we are to look to people that have good reputations and things like that, good people that are following the Lord, and we need to try to be like them. And you may think to yourself, well, you know, I, I just do my own thing, and I, I, I don't really imitate anyone else. Uh, I just try to get closer to the Lord on my own. And that, you know, you might say that, but that's not true. Uh, we all imitate everyone that's around us. Uh, when we, whoever we're around, uh, we're, we're going to start being more uh, and more like those people. Uh, there's an old saying, you know, uh, usually, you know, parents telling their kids when they have bad friends and stuff, if you lay down with dogs, you get fleas, right? Everybody's heard that, right? But it's so true that, you know, when you gather uh, with, with certain people and you, you, you hang around them all the time, uh, you will start to imitate them. And so be, make, make sure that you're filling your life with people that are following God and imitate those people, right? Uh, make a conscious decision to look to good role models in your life. And that is what 3 John uh, is about. And so we're all done. We can, we can leave. No. Um, <laughs> all right. And so uh, we're going to start off this morning by looking at Gaius. Uh, Gaius is the first person that's talked about uh, in this letter. It is the person that uh, this letter is addressed to. Uh, and so John is talking directly to this person. Uh, and so let's go ahead and read verses 1 through 8. Uh, and we're going to learn a little bit about Gaius here. Uh, it says, the elder, uh, John talking about himself here, uh, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things uh, and be in health, uh, just as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced great, greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Uh, beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers, and who, who have borne witness of your love uh, before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well, uh, because they went forth for his namesake, taking nothing from the, from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. And so the first question here this morning um, is, who is Gaius? Who is Gaius? Uh, this is actually uh, a debated topic. Uh, some people believe that Gaius is actually just talking about the church in Rome, uh, that it, it's just, you know, God putting a name on the church of Rome, um, just like 
in, in Second John, it talks about the elect lady. Uh, and so some people believe that this is actually addressed to a church and that Gaius isn't a real person. Uh, and so I don't, I don't believe that one. I think Gaius is a, is a person. Uh, so who is this person? Well, uh, we, what we know about Gaius and what, from what we can tell in this passage uh, is that he is most likely someone that was directly, uh, that John directly led to the Lord. Uh, that's why John says as one of his children, he's rejoicing that Gaius is walking in the truth. Well, because John most likely led him to the Lord. Um, also, uh, with, you know, reading this whole uh, letter here, uh, it, it, it gives the impression, uh, we don't know this for sure, that Gaius is probably the pastor of, uh, of whatever church he is at. Um, it doesn't say that in this book, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but the context of this book kind of uh, kind of alludes to that. So, who is Gaius? Well, it doesn't actually matter uh, who Gaius is. This this letter is addressed to him. John loves Gaius. This is someone that you know he says multiple times that you know beloved, and uh, he says you know one of my children, and I'm rejoicing greatly about you. Uh, Geis is also someone that uh, was spoken of well by missionaries that were going out to the Gentiles. Uh, and so Geis is a pretty good person, but he's probably pretty new in the faith. And so uh, he's probably still, you know, pretty young in the faith. Um, the reason for that is because John is now warning him about these other people that were in his church uh, that were, you know, or one other person that was causing problems. And he's saying, now look to the other one that has a good reputation, right? And so what we see here also, for, so now we kind of know a little bit about Gaius. Uh, John has some words directly to Gaius uh, commending him, right? Uh, it says uh, in verse 3, it says, For I rejoice gratefully when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. And so John is commending Gaius because he's heard a good report uh, from people that are coming back to him. Uh, and John now encourages Gaius uh, to continue doing those things, to continue uh, sending these missionaries and these uh, these Christian travelers uh, off that were bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. He was saying, basically, keep doing what you're doing. Keep uh, showing hospitality. Keep supplying these men uh, to go off and do this good, these good works. Which means, again, this is probably the pastor uh, of the church there. Um, and so now... After he, you know, he has some good words to say about Gaius, he's kind of buttering, it up, buttering him up a little bit, saying, okay, now you need to worry about this one guy who's in your church, right? Uh, this one guy, Diotrephes. Uh, Diotrephes is not talked about anywhere else in the Bible. Uh, and, you know, what a way to have your name remembered as it, it, forever written in Scripture uh, that you were a bad person. Right? Uh, that's, that's Diotrephes here. And so we see uh, Diotrephes in verses 9 and 10 in 3 John. It says, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds which he does, prattling against, 
or sorry, prating uh, against us with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Wow, uh, that's a pretty bad, <laughs> a pretty bad reputation that you have there, Diotrephes. Uh, so what's the first thing that John says about Diotrephes here? Uh, that he loves to have the preeminence among them. The word preeminence there, that means that you love to be first, right? So Diotrephes loves being important. I'm not sure if you've been in churches for very long. You've all, everyone's seen a person in church at some point or another that loves being important, right? Uh, that loves being important. Whatever it is, they want to be the center of attention. They want to be important at church, right? Uh, they like to have the control at church. This happens all the time at every church. It, it's, it's just a fact uh, we're, that we're all sinners, right? Uh, and so, th but this does happen. Now, we, we are pretty sure that this uh, church is a Gentile church, probably uh, in the area of Rome. Uh, we don't know that it's like the main church in Rome, but we know it's in that area. Look at all of these guys' names, right? These were not Jews here. Uh, Gaius, very Roman name. Uh, Diotrephes, a Gentile name, either Greek or Roman. Uh, and then Demetrius uh, is probably a Roman name as well. And so... Um, and so these were, these were all Gentiles here, uh, all converts to Christianity. Uh, and Diotrephes is, you know, looking around and he's, he's wanting control at this church to the point where he is putting people out of the church for receiving the brethren. I mean, that's pretty bad. And so let's look a little bit about loving the preeminence here. Um, this is talked about a lot in the Bible. Jesus talked about, you know, people that like being important a lot in a negative way. Uh, remember, if, if we're followers of Christ, we're supposed to be low, right? We're supposed to be humble. Uh, if any, and I will say this, you know, if anybody wants to be in charge of something, right? If they want to, you know, be running the show with something or another, that's usually a pretty good indicator that that person should not be in charge, okay? And so I just say that, you know, if, if anyone ever comes to me and goes, hey, I want to be a deacon, right? Probably shouldn't be a deacon, <laughs> just saying, right? And so let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Um, and this is talking about the Pharisees here who were pretty much the the. the the biggest example of people who liked being important and pushing other people around. Uh, it says, uh, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward uh, from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as hypocrites do, or sorry, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. And so first of all, uh, people doing good stuff, right? Just to be seen doing good things. So, you know, you see these celebrities on TV and stuff, and they're all, you know, going out and doing this stuff. They always make sure a camera's around to, to pick it up when they're doing good things, right? Uh, Jesus is saying, don't be like that, right? And so people that love being important, that they will do good things sometimes, but remember, 
It's to be seen doing the good things. That's a problem. Um, it says uh, that they may have glory from men. Uh, Assuredly, I say to you that they, uh, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees uh, in secret will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, uh, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, uh, and when you have shut your door, uh, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And you know, football's starting up today. Uh, and uh, uh, just two examples, right? You, you might remember in the past, Tim Tebow, right? Tim Tebow was kind of known for, you know, right before the fourth quarter, uh, he would go out and like pray in the middle of the field and everything. And uh, people at the time, you know, were like, oh, that's such a good thing and everything. And, you know, don't be so quick to jump on the bandwagon when you see just someone who's claiming to be Christian uh, doing something like that. Uh, there's another football player uh, that, that is the quarterback of the Raiders. Uh, he was, uh, I can't remember what his name is right now off the top of my head. He's the quarterback of the Raiders, or he was the quarterback. D Derek Carr, yeah. Uh, he was the quarterback of the Raiders, but Derek Carr does the same thing, but he does it off on the sidelines with his team, right? He's not doing it to be seen doing it. He's doing it because he wants to pray to the Lord, right? And so I don't know what's in either of those guys' hearts, but what we can see, right, is one of them's doing it, you know, kind of, not to be seen, and one of them is doing it very much to be seen, right? It's the same with, with people all, all the time in churches, right? There's some people that, you know, when you call on them to pray, and I'm not saying, I'm not pointing any fingers, okay? Uh, there's some people when you call on them to pray, they will take the longest time, uh, they basically preach a whole sermon in their prayer, right? And then, but also, you know, they, they, you don't see them praying over their food or you don't see them doing the other stuff, right? So when, they're, when, they're, when the spotlight's on them, they're all about praying and everything. But when the spotlight's not on them, they don't do it in their own lives. Uh, this happens all the time, right? These are people that love doing things just to be seen doing them, right? And they're usually the same people that love being in charge of things at church. And so... Uh, don't do that, right? It's a very simple, simple message. Don't do that, right? Uh, Jesus also goes to, uh, uh, or Jesus also talks to the Pharisees directly in Matthew chapter 23. And uh, I hate to say this, but this is like one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Uh, because it's one of the few times where you see Jesus getting really emotional about what he is saying. I mean, if you read the whole chapter, when he's saying, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, there's ex exclamation marks all over the place in that chapter. Jesus is upset over this, over what they are doing. And he's telling people, don't be like them. And so we're just going to read verses 1 through 7 here. This is kind of just the introduction into this. But these are people that loved lording over the other people and basically kind of uh, withholding God from them 
unless they did every little right thing, right, that in the Pharisees' eyes. And so, verse 1 in chapter, Matthew chapter 23 starts off, it says, Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. So first of all, Jesus is telling people, okay, whatever the Pharisees are telling you to do, right, uh, do that, right? They're, they're probably telling you to do the right thing. Uh, but don't do like they're doing. <laughs> do what they say, but don't do what they do, because they tell you the right things, but they're not doing that on their own, Right? They're using their position to push that on other people, but they don't do that in their own lives. It says in verse 4, For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylactery phylacteries uh, broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. This is basically, you know, they're, they're gathering up wealth, uh, essentially, over all of this. Uh, they love the best places at feasts, the best seats in synagogues, uh, greetings in marketplaces, and to be called by men, rabbi, rabbi. And he, Jesus goes on and he says, you know, don't call any man father, don't, don't, called them master. You have one father in heaven. You have one master, it's Christ. Don't be looking to these men that are not, uh, fall, not walking the walk in their lives, right? And so this is all about here, this preeminence that Jesus was talking about with Diotrephes. Notice what it says at the end, in that verse 7 there, that, you know, they love the best seats at the feasts, right? And that was a common thing for rabbis, uh, teachers. A lot of times, anytime you had a feast, you would invite a local rabbi or something uh, to the feast and give them a seat of honor there. Uh, you would greet them uh, as rabbi, you know, with respect. And so these are all men, right, who loved being respected and honored and having these seats in those places, but they never actually walked the walk, right? They just love, they love the respect that other people gave them. It's the same thing with Diotrephes here. So what else is Diotrephes doing? He's not just you know, loving this high position. Uh, he's not in, in really nothing to show for it. Uh, he's also uh, speaking nonsense against the disciples. Uh, that's what that word prating means there. Uh, let's go ahead and read that verse again. It says... Uh, Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind uh, his deeds, which he does, prating against us with malicious words, right? So basically speaking nonsense, right? Um, I love what John is saying here. So basically, uh, John's writing this letter to Gaius, and Diotrephes is making John so upset that John's going to come there and put him in his place, Right? Uh, that's what he's saying. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind the deeds which he does. Uh, so basically, you know, John's heard about Diotrephes. Diotrephes is turning people away. He's turning the brethren away. He's 
using malicious words against the disciples and everything. So John's like, I'm going to come there and I'm going to set them straight, right? John's like, I'm going to go give someone a spanking. That's, that's what John is saying there. Uh, verbal spanking, probably. Uh, I don't know. These guys were pretty tough. So, you, you know. Anyway. Uh, but what Diotrephes is doing. So this is at a time where there's still apostles around, right? And, the, you know, or at least John is still around. Uh, the other ones might be dead by that time, but they were only recently uh, dead. Uh, and there's already people popping up in churches that are speaking against the gospel, essentially. Uh, you see, they, when they're, he's using words against the disciples, but what were the disciples spreading? The gospel. They were spreading the message of Christ, right? And they were literally, speci they were specifically given authority by the Holy Spirit to do so. So just so you understand how bad this is, right? So Diotrephes is using malicious words and really things that don't really make sense just to put down John and the other disciples. It's pretty bad. And again, we still have this today. We still have people in churches that will subtly try to get some words in there against the Bible and I don't really think it means that and I you know all of this stuff right and it's speaking against God right uh, when you know there's people today that you know try to corrupt what the Bible's actually saying uh, in Acts there's a man talked about he's talked about as a sorcerer and what is his sin that he's twisting the gospel right and so they're speaking against the message. They're saying, oh, hey, I, I don't think Jesus was really the son of God, right? Remember, remember uh, John was talking a lot about things like that. But they also, you know, as in, you know, the church in Galatia, right? Uh, right after Paul had been there in Galatia uh, and helped start that church, people came in and started corrupting what Paul had taught and speaking against Paul. What did Paul do? He wrote a letter to the Galatians, really getting mad at the Galatians for that. So uh, if I ever preached through the book of Galatians, just let you know right now, hopefully you forget about this, but it's probably because I'm a little bit angry about the church. <laughs> just saying, it, Galatians is a very angry book. Now, we might just do it just to study it, but we'll see. You know? <laughs> uh, but uh, there are people like this all the time that try to twist things and turn people away from the truth, right? And so that's what Diotrephes is doing, right? Uh, he's not being welcoming. He's loving to be important. And he's turning people away from what the disciples were teaching, right? Or the apostles were teaching. And so what's his other uh, sin here? Uh, so there's, this is kind of two in one here. Uh, not receiving the brethren. And so when, as opposed to Gaius, right? who when, you know, missionaries were coming and they needed aid, Gaius was very hospitable and welcoming. What does Diotrephes do? He won't receive them. Because remember, Diotrephes wants to be important. What happens when you start getting a lot of new people in churches? You become less important, right? Uh, some churches, and I, I, again, uh, not pointing any fingers at any churches here, uh, definitely not ours, I hope not. Uh, but uh, I have been to churches that 
they don't say this, but they seemingly want to stay small. And it's a sad thing. Why, do, why, why would any church want to stay small? Well, that means that every single member at that church has a lot of importance, right? They can, you know, as soon as you start getting new people, well, that means your, your vote in business meeting means just a little bit less, right? Because there's, now there's more people and you can be outvoted. And so some churches fear growth for that reason, that they, they don't want to give up that control. Oh, we got all these new people in here. They want to take our church a different direction. Well, that's what the church votes on. But some people are scared of that, right? And so why atrophy is not wanting these people coming in? Well, one, they're bringing messages, right? They're probably speak, saying things that are against what he's saying. Uh, and also, uh, if they get new people, diatrophies isn't as important anymore. And then he goes even further than that. And the people that want to bring in these people, the people that want to be hospitable, he's putting them out of the church. That's terrible. Uh, I, I believe that actually that's one of the things that happened with, there was work in California in Madeira uh, that was a missionary Baptist church. But, uh, now this was, you know, different uh, a little bit, but they, there were people that came into that church that were in error. They wanted the church to go in a direction that was against the Bible. And what did they do? Well, they, they excluded everybody that wanted to stick to the truth. It's a terrible thing. And I think this happened like years ago, something like that. Uh, some of you probably remember when that happened. But it was a big deal. Uh, that can happen, Right? Uh, there sometimes is people. There's sometimes people in churches that want to remove people, not for good reasons, not for their you know benefit of coming back to the Lord, uh, but because they just did something that they didn't like personally, right? Uh, or they felt threatened by them. So there's a lot of reasons to not be like Diotrephes here, uh, and so John is imploring. Gaius to not be like this man, right? Uh, he's like, you're around him, but don't be like him. Uh, sorry, just a moment. I don't know why this keeps happening with my computer. There we go. Uh, so who is Gaius to strive to be more like? He's supposed to be more like Demetrius, who's the next man that we'll talk about. And there's not a lot said about Demetrius. And I think that's actually a good thing, right? Uh, a lot of times when there, there's a lot of time devoted to something in the Bible, it's usually for a bad reason, right? Usually saying, don't do this. <laughs> if, if You'll see passages where it's like, hey, do this right thing. And it's like one verse. And then it's like, don't do this. And there's a whole passage saying of what not to do, right? So usually when there's a lot of time devoted to something in the Bible, it's because there's some sort of error that's being corrected. But there's not a lot said about Demetrius, but what is said about Demetrius is very profound. And so 3 John verses 11 and 12, uh, we'll get, you know, kind of going over the key verse for this whole passage again. It says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, uh, but he who does evil has not seen God. And so John's saying, don't imitate what is evil. He just got done talking about diatrophies, right? So don't be like diatrophies. And then 
be like Demetrius here, verse 12. It says, Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. And we also bear witness and know that, or sorry, and you know that our testimony is true. Okay, so uh, there's a couple really good things about uh, Demetrius here. So first of all, who is Demetrius? Uh, there, the name Demetrius is, comes up four times in the Bible, and, and it's believed that this Demetrius is not related to uh, any of the other three. Okay, this is not the same person. But uh, we don't know that, that, that much about him. So as far as who he is, we don't really know. He's a Gentile. Uh, we do know that by his name. But what we do know, again, is that he has a good testimony of all. So he's someone at the church where Gaius is at, and he has a good testimony from everyone. Now, if you know anything about that, right, that means that he's a really good person. You rarely see someone who has a good testimony from everyone. I mean, every once in a while, we know a person like that. I would say Brother Merle, right? I, I've never heard a bad word about you. So, <laughs> but, uh, and every, see everybody's smiling and agreeing with me here. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's people that we, we can know and point out in our life that not a single person has a bad thing to say about them, right? Those are the people that we're to imitate. And that speaks more, more than John listing off all of these accomplishments uh, that Demetrius did. He has a good testimony of all, right? That's such an important thing. So that means that word has gotten back to John, uh, wherever he is at this time, probably the Isle of Patmos, that Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone. There's this guy at the church where Gaius, you know, the one that you love is at. And this guy has good testimony from everyone. Such an important thing there. And so John's like, hey, hey, I can't be with you right now, so be like this guy, Demetrius. Everybody speaks well of him. Right? Also, it says here, and from the truth itself. So what John has heard about Demetrius is that uh, Demetrius is sticking to the truth. He's sticking to the word of God. And so, you know, there's that big contrast uh, between Demetrius and Diotrephes, who was, you know, speaking against the disciples and uh, pushing people out that disagreed with him. Nope. Uh, Demetrius is loved by everyone, and he has a good testimony from the truth itself. So he's sticking to the word of God. And now John is saying, and we, all talking about him and the other disciples, uh, we also bear witness. Now, even though uh, the other apostles were dead by this point, John often referred, when he was talking about himself, he often said we. And this is kind of a sad thing. Uh, but, you know, he's the last of the apostles. He's speaking on behalf of all of them, right? And so uh, it says, and we also bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true, right? Because who else was sent directly by Christ, right? Given special authority uh, to write scripture from Christ. It was the apostles. And so Demetrius, uh, again, not a lot is said about him, but what is said is very good. 
And we know that, you know, that, that means at that time, there were a lot of good things to say about Demetrius. And so, in conclusion this morning, uh, we need to be looking to good role models at our church. Not outside of our church. We need to be looking to people around us uh, to be more like. And again, make no mistake, you will become more like the people that you surround yourself with. Uh, that, you know, if you want to find out a lot about someone, you, you look at the friends that they keep, you look at their family, you know, you can tell a lot about a man based off of the company that he keeps, or a woman. Uh, but you, you look to those people that are closest to them, you can tell a lot about them because they're going to be like those people, right? Which means that we need to surround ourselves with good people. We need to surround ourselves with people that are going to push us closer and closer to Christ. And we need to be avoiding people uh, who are going to push us away from Christ. Who, uh, we need to be avoiding people who are kind of like the modern-day Pharisees, right? Who are all about, you know, well, did you do this? Or did you do that? Did you wipe your feet when you came in the door? And did you take off your shoes? And then No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just poking fun a little bit. Um, but uh, there's people that are like, you know, and this is an extreme example but kind of joke uh this isn't a real church if we don't have blue carpet right there there's people that will make little issues like that and if you're not following all of those little issues then you are not actually following god right and they use that to try to control other people we need to avoid people like that right we need to avoid people like that we need to be looking to people who have again a good testimony from everyone, and we need to get closer to them. And let's, uh, furthermore, let's, as a church, try to be a church that has a good testimony from everyone, right? Let's try to be a church that our community can look to and say, wow, we really have nothing bad to say about that church, right? That would be such an awesome thing, such an honor to each of us to be able to be that kind of a church, right? When we get visitors, it's like, wow, you know, everybody in there was really great. I want to come back. We need to be that kind of people, right? We need to be the kind of people that are rubbing off on others, right, to make them better, right? We need to be those good role models as well. So with that, as a pianist and song leader come this morning, I want to have a song of invitation. If you're here this morning uh, and you're not saved, uh, there are many good people throughout history uh, that have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And follow what they do. That's, that's the most important thing. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will have eternal life. That's the best gift that anyone, you know, that anyone ever gave. Uh, that's the best gift that anyone could receive. The best gift that we could give to you this morning, if you do not believe, uh, would be to help lead you towards Jesus Christ. That, that is the, the, should be the focus in your mind right now. All of these other things, they come afterwards. Looking for good role models, being a good role model, that's all after the fact of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Uh, he came, uh, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for your sins. And would you turn to him as your Lord and Savior this morning? It'll change your life, and you'll want to get closer to that Savior. You want, you'll want to better yourself after that. And so... Uh, turn to him this morning.